Hi everyone and welcome to episode 237 of the Mighty Whites Podcast. I'm Jack, as always, John by Casey. Hello. How's things, mate? Yeah, not bad, thanks. How are you? Ah, really good. Knackered because, you know, work, etc. all gets in the way. But other than that, I'm good. Uh, and I reckon a win like that, you can safely assume I'm good for, well, until at least 8 o'clock tomorrow. Yeah. Um excellent result given how things were were looking um i honestly thought i'd curse this one because this uh, i was at a wedding again and again we went behind to an early goal and then went two nil down and i also thought it was going to be a repeat of the southampton game and at, at that point i was thinking all right i i am cursed at weddings yeah you are now not allowed to go to weddings on the same day as the leeds game but yeah Turns out that wasn't you. It was Connie. Yeah. So yeah, the uh, straight. We'll get into talking about the Norwich game. I was about, obviously the the headline is a comeback from two when you're two 0 down at half time, and you don't get loads of them. But truth be told, we shouldn't really have been two 0 down in this game. Like obviously, the Shane Duffy goal early is just. I mean, it's a ball into the big lad, and no one's marking him. Like it's the most basic of basic goals. You can't. There's, there's not really all to talk about with it. It's uh, the same as Bristol City's goal, isn't it? Basically, yeah. Put it in, and he is not being sufficiently challenged at all. Um, like, like leaving Shane Duffy unmarked is some going though. I mean, like he is n- number one set piece threat. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, but that's what Leeds do. It is. Um, and in fairness, Norwich did have some chances as well. Like, you know, but they weren't, I wouldn't say that they were creating as much as we were in the first half. Cause like just in the first half, I think that there's, there's three chances that Leeds have where you've got, you've got to score a minimum of one of them. There's the Glen Kamara chance after the great one-two with Rutter. And that one, I I think that looks like a... I don't know what it'll have been XG-wise. Because it's a little bit wide, it probably isn't as high. But he has so much time to think about it and set himself. And I think that's one you've re- you've got to do better with. You've got to hit the target. There's the Perot one where Dan James puts him through. There's, it passes half a yard short, but it gets away. The sort of thing he's been eating up all season, but just passes it wide. and then. Dan James with like Dan borderline Dan James personified chance where he runs and breaks and baits someone in and beats them for person, he breaks into the box and then just swings at it wildly and puts it over. He's like the footballing equivalent of uh of the big show. Like, oh he fucked it up again, but look, he's quick. Um it was I think I think I described it to you as um the quintessential Dan James performance of especially this season going he's come away from this with a, a lot of credit whilst also getting some of the absolute basics very wrong yeah but overall at the minute the way he's playing his upside is massively outweighing his downside at the minute oh right? yeah um you know there's just it, it'll all come together one day. He might be 31, but it'll all come together. 
I have no idea what that was, but I'm relatively sure that my two-year-old just did something that may have hurt them because that was a loud noise that I just heard. Um, but no screaming or anything, so I think we're okay. Uh, yeah, we we were just so wasteful with the chances. I don't think we we're playing great on the going forward. We were still pretty good. The, the one of the things that worried me was Norwich played some nice stuff. And I, when I was watching it, I was going, oh, they, they're they playing well. And then you were watching it a bit more and going, but they're playing it well because we're not getting anywhere near anyone. Like, they had a couple of moves where they, like, you know, played one into midfield, dropped it off, and then played another ball. And you went, hang on, they just played three passes and no one was in five yards of any of them. And you thought, like, Pillow had a particularly bad pressing game in this one. And it really was an issue. But we seemed to be nowhere near him. There were just, like, there was one early on where a through ball got played through to the edge of the box. And just both our centre backs, one, you know, got Rodon on the right, and I think Strout was on the left. And somehow he was unmarked in between them when neither of them were marking someone. Yeah. So I think we were just a bit sloppy defensively in the first half. And once you've been that wasteful, you've given up an early goal, and you're just thinking, well, if it, if it's one 0 at half time, we'll see what happens. And then Gabriel Sala, who did look their best player, I hadn't really seen him before this, but that was his reputation. Uh, gets the ball in the box. It's great feet and it's a really powerful strike. And if a Leeds player scores this goal, I'm calling it a wonder goal. But it's against my team, so I am left looking at it going. Gabriel Sala's got the ball and he's got four Leeds players around him, and not one of them makes a tackle. Yeah, there are bodies between him and the goal, and none of them seem to do anything to to stop it. Um, and then he just absolutely rifles it in from what, seven eight yards. Yeah, I mean he's he's, he's struck it really well. It's a it's a cracking strike. Yeah, I th- I think given. I think given the context of the first half, you, you're really disappointed to concede that because um, I, th- I think if you go in one nil down after that half, you, you think, yeah, that 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 sort of thing happens. We've just not taken our chances, but we're in this. But once it goes to two nil, I, th- I think you look and go, we, we are, and I, I think you can quite fairly say when a game goes to two nil at half time, thinking we've thrown this away all before half-time. Yeah, it did feel a bit like that. I mean, we, we then had one more chance just before half-time. Somerville called one just wide, which turned out to be a bit of a sight for the later on one. But once it went in 2-0, even though I didn't, I genuinely didn't think we were playing bad, I just thought, nah, Norwich are a good enough side. But I basically had too much faith in Norwich. I didn't think that they would mess that up from that position even if we played well. Uh, one thing that, we, that did happen in the first half that I think probably is relevant is Ang- Angus Gunn went off injured to be replaced by George Long. And I only think it made a difference on one of the goals, but it's probably the most crucial one. Because the second half got into... It was sort of in a bit of a malaise, to be honest. It was probably the dullest bit of the game was start of the second half until Leeds get one back. And it was such a weird goal. Uh, Rutter and Kamara play a good one too. Rutter's breaking forward. Gives it to Dan James on the right. 
and in real time, what it looked like was he had massively overhit his touch. So everyone sort of relaxed. And then he got there. And it looked like it was also a really bad cross. So no one was paying any attention. And then, from the looks of it, both from the away end, because I've seen videos from in the crowd, and especially on telly with where the camera was, you never you, you could see the ball in the net, but you didn't really see it go in. Because it was all blindside behind Duffy. So it's like, oh, he's overrun it. Oh, he's got that. Oh, it's, is that in? It was a weird one. There was no, like, jump up and celebration until a couple of seconds later. No one knew what happened. Yeah, because I, I suppose you also don't get, because of the because it goes in off Duffy's thigh or whatever, there's no power on it when it goes in. So you, yeah. from the other end, you probably struggle to see the net moving at all as well. Um yeah, and Chip and Jan James, probably the last person to know it's gone in as well, because he's on the floor behind the hoardings. Yeah, he did go flying, didn't he? But now that I've seen it back, I actually think it was a much better touch than he got credit for. It looked like he massively overhit it and just got there because he was quick. I still think he did overhit it, but I don't think it was quite as bad a touch as it looked in real time. He got there, because it's not like he got there just as it was on the line. It was a good yard and a half in. Hmm. Um, but the, well, I, th- I think you'd, uh, I think you'd say he did the right thing in that situation. Just hit it across goal. Yeah. Um, probably not the best goalkeeping. Yeah, that this is the one where I think the change of keeper may have made a difference because I think Angus Gunn he doesn't flick that onto Duffy. I think he just stops it. Yeah, um, it didn't. It didn't seem to be all that far away from him. Um, well, he did one. I think it was act two all. Dan James put in another low cross that he like slid out from on the floor and he made a mess of that, but it fell to a Norwich player and he hacked it clear. Mm. I don't think he had his best day. No. But um, we get that goal back. I, I, I can't remember exactly when that was. It was like hour markish. Six, yeah, 63. Uh, and then on 70 minutes, uh, Daniel Farker shows what sort of coach he wants to be and fucking goes for it. Nonto for Byron, Bamford for Kamara. And it was sort of 3-2-5, but I am going to just say, because this is more like what I want it to be, it was quite 3-3-1-3. Free, free, <laughs> it was like Grey, Roden and Strauk. And then you had Nonto, right wing back, James, left wing back, with like Ampadu sitting. And then you had like Pirot floating about at 10. But it was more like Rutter was also floating about there. But you've got Somerville and Bamford. So I'm just writing it down as Bamford is the striker, and then it's just Pirot, Rutter, Somerville as that three. Yeah. Uh, it was a real statement of intent. Just, no, we'll go for it. And if we concede again, that's fine. But really, as soon as we got one back, no, it started to look like they were a bit scared and they just started dropping. It wasn't that they dropped deep. They just seemed to lose the confidence completely. Yeah. And the one thing I would say is when you look at, you know, Duffy and, and Gibson as a, as a central defensive pairing, 
it's it's very mediocre, isn't it? It's nothing that's terrifying you, apart from maybe set pieces. But yeah. um, you, you know, I, th- I think we have such uh, an attacking threat as well. When you're looking at Piro, Bamford, Somerville, Ruter, Nonto, or like. That there is a lot to be concerned about there, and you know the pace of Dan James will scare anyone. He did really well getting forward, um, and and I, and I think it, I think the change in shape also. I think they struggled to adapt to that. Um, yeah. I think I think you found quite a few occasions when they were struggling to to know who they should be picking up. If, um, if a ball broke in the middle third, it always seemed to be to us and it always seemed to be to someone in loads of space. Hmm. Or once the changes happened. A thing that I, I, I didn't... Because I was just thinking, like, who... I was just looking at when it happened and it, it was the 61st minute. Because I thought Anel Hernandez gave Archie Gray a bit of a torrid time. And, like, I thought he was just looking really dangerous every time he got rolled. And it was 61 minutes when they took him off for that spring at... And I think mm. that probably helped us as well. Because the way we were playing, there would have been space to break. And I think them not having an Alan Anders anymore probably helped us as well. Yeah, the, the, these are these are the things I, I didn't really get to see as much. I've, I can't see the extended highlights, but um, the, the wedding... Because again, selfish people getting married on the same day as Leeds games. Yeah, there was a lot going on. It was an afternoon wedding as well. So um, yeah. thanks, Ali. Um, but yeah, 70 minutes, those changes, we're really going for it. And it's not that long after, it's 77 minutes that the goal comes. But to be honest, the goal itself has nothing to do with formations. Short corner past the Nonto, Nonto to Somerville on the edge of the box, belting finish. Just, you know, if you're going to curl one in the far corner, if it hits the post and it hits, not even clips it, hits it well enough that it goes into the other side netting. Yeah, he's, he's, much he's, better than that. Yeah, he's really caught in the inside of the post, hasn't he? There. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, it's always a lovely finish to see when a goalkeeper's at full stretch, and and you just know they're not stopping it. Yeah, uh, there was no, on this one. I don't think it had mattered who was. There's nothing a goalkeeper can do about that one. It's just a cracking finish from Somerville. And he really was. He was good all the way through this game, but the last 20 minutes, he really went for it. And then basically from two all, as much as you feel like it because you're just cheering them on, there was like, I watched it and I was speaking to some people that weren't Leeds fans and all they were saying is, there's only one winner here. Like everyone had that same feeling of, but you're going to get this. And uh, yeah, they they took a short set piece, clipped it into the box, gets headed away to Rutter, releases Somerville down the left, and Somerville, for a second on the TV, I thought he'd taken an awful touch because it was such a massive touch. But it's because he had 50 yards of space in front of him. He yeah. sets up the line, keeps going, starts to come inside a little bit. Uh, shout out to Jaden Anthony, who makes a really good, you know, that good run across that all good forwards make. Just to take the nearest centre back that way, so you've got room, and it's one of them because he'd only been on a minute. Cuts inside, and crucially, 
once he comes inside and gets the space, in other games, Somerville would have taken another touch there and then shot. But then once he got the space, he hit it straight away. And I think that's why the keeper doesn't even dive. If he dives, I don't think he's getting there. But he's just rooted to the spot because he's taken it that step earlier and caught him out. Yeah. And it's, a, it's a properly brilliant goal from some of them. Yeah, it's, it's an excellent finish. Um, I, I just I thought he thoroughly deserved it. He's, he's been absolutely fantastic recently and put in a brilliant performance. Um, I, I, I think when you look at him at the moment, I'm, I'm so happy we, we kept hold of him. Yeah, because I, th- I think when you look at the players that we that we've lost, that that play out wide, um, you know, I, I think out of any of them, he's probably the one that still had the most upside to them. Um, you know, I think I think people are aware of how good Sinistera is, and he might get better because he's still not that old. But you look at the flashes you saw of some of it last season, and you just think if, if you're playing. 90 minutes regularly week in week out um you know that he can i think he could make really big strides and he's looked so comfortable now that we're now that he's playing in a settled team yeah and provided we we keep if we keep going well and we remove a shout we won't have to worry about january no i don't think if we were if we were 12th then we'd have to worry about january because people would be sniffing around him and stuff but like, if you're in with a shot, everyone wants to stay until the end of that season, and then you see what happens in the summer. Yeah. But no, I, I'm really glad to see him getting his time because I mean, we've we've joked about it on here before that I am president of the Crescentio Somerville fan club and have been for a long time. He, he you know, you you get a few of them like there's what him, Jack Clark, and Tom Pierce of the three, and like that have been in the 23s slash 21s and have just been going him playing. Yeah. Somerville was one of them because he should. He, to to be honest, it's worked out, but he should never have been playing like youth football for as long as he was and stuff. It it was a bit ridiculous, but I'm glad to see him getting his chance now because he's suddenly he looks like the player. I think it was before this game. I think it was Martin Riley put it on Twitter before the knowledge game. In open play, Somerville was in like the 99th percentile for XG. And for shot creating actions. So he was like getting the most chances himself and creating the most chances. Yeah. Which is pretty staggering, really. So <laughs> I suppose this was the this was it coming home to roost a little bit. He's probably been underperforming a little bit in front of goal this season, and now he's got them. Uh and I do think, unlike a lot of Leeds players, literally for years. I think he's one of the few that I'd call a natural finisher. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I could go with that. Like obviously Piru is, but he's new. But like all the all the strikers we've had, like I mean, Rodrigo probably was, but like Bamford really isn't. Rutter, as much as I love him, isn't an actual finisher. Dan James isn't an actual finisher. Sinistera, yeah. But like the, the, you know, it's like we we lack of the other, and he's one of the ones I would mo- going through one on one with a keeper is one of the ones I'd most fancy. Oh, uh, I have been at work and haven't been checking, but from Michael Brown's comments here, I'm guessing Bill Kenwright has died. Huh. 
uh, which is a shame. I mean, I know that he wasn't the most popular bloke at Everton over the last few years. Yeah, he has. I've just checked. Because, um, you know, he, he had some things that he did that pissed a lot of people off. But, I mean, he's been involved at Everton since, like, the 80s, hasn't he? And he's a... It'll be a real... Oh, that, that, oh that's a shame. Yeah, so it's like you say, someone he's, he's been associated with Everton for my entire life. Um, you know, so obviously a shame to, to lose someone who's so involved in football like that. Yeah, well, it's a shame. But it's, um, yeah, it happens, I dare say. I mean, it's been a it's been a, a bad week for football. I mean, as much as it was a Man United one, like Bobby Charlton going is an awful one. Zonny Jeffers left. Of that side, and obviously, I we probably don't have that personal attachment to that team because it's a long time before this, but it's still the only one that have won it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I dare say that there, there will be a silence for that. I dare say tomorrow night at Stoke. Um, uh, yeah, where, where are we now after that? Is that are we third at the minute? Yeah, third place with a six points behind Ipswich who have a game in hand and 11 points behind Leicester, who if they keep going like this, just fucking fair play, lads. Yeah, let's let's. Right, win league, we under... If you go win league without 120 points, because no one no one can be annoyed at that. That's just impressive if you do that. It's fine. Three cheers <laughs> for bloody Leicester. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I know Farker earlier said that... Um, you know, you can't look too much at the league position at, at this point of the year. But um, after after the start we had to the season, with all the uncertainty, it's nice that we've hit um, you know a level of consistency at this point. You know, we're, we're starting to get the results in games we should do. Um, the squad looks good, and you know, your hope is that that Leicester and Ipswich start to drop points at some point. Um, yeah. You know, that, that Leicester start, what is it? Uh, is it 1-11, lost one or something like that? Yeah, they got beat by Hull, if I remember rightly. But yeah, they've won every game. Um, Con- conceded seven as well in that time. I did have a brief look at Phil Hayes' Twitter earlier. Uh, the only, there wasn't really any like difference in team from that sort of People, people are training and stuff, but no one is back. Yeah, uh, he made sounds that the way he talked, it sounded like Archie Gray is probably still going to play, uh, which is fair enough um, given the way things are going lately. I would think it's probably still playing at right back because, although I don't think Kamala Ampadu has been as good as Gray Ampadu, mm. I think. The the form of Gray compared to Ailing defensively at right back is probably a bigger upgrade than the only very slight downgrade that bringing Kamara into midfield has. And it's literally all this. Like, and I think that if Kamara and Ampadu get fully used to playing together, it'll probably be as good anyway. Um, so do you think that we'll make any changes? Um, probably not, given how we were talking about Gray. Um, I, I don't think you will. Um, and and you know what, when you're playing like this, fair enough. Hmm. Uh, you know, I know there's I know there's a lot of pressure playing six games in in eight days. Um, 
you know, you just kind of hope that again that we'll we'll say this a lot this season, I think, but that just making sure he's managed properly and, and not being overused. But you know, he seems to be relishing it at the moment. I know he, he struggled a bit with with uh, Hanel Hernandez, but he, yeah. he's still. I, I still think he's a very big asset, even at, even at right back in this in this lineup at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I've just looked at Stoke's predicted lineup, and apparently Velafunya is Andre Vidigal, and I'm not going to pretend to know who that is. Uh, I don't know who that is either, but he is their top scorer with four goals, and there is no one else who has scored more than one for them this season. Hmm. Yeah, because <sighs> they, they, they've they've been poor this season, but they they aren't drawing games. So when they do play, all right, they've been winning, so which will probably mean that they'll be fine. Yeah, like it's if you if you're only drawing when you play okay, then you get in real trouble. Um. In terms of Leeds' team, I, agree. I I think it will be the exact same. As I say, you, you could argue for Ailing in just to rest Gray, but I don't think we'll do that. Same In the same way, you could argue the same, but Shackleton. And I suppose you you could make the argument for Nonto over James, but given recent form, I'd leave Dan James in. Yeah. The, yeah, I, I mean, Dan James is in. The, the form of his career at the moment. So it'd be, uh, un- unless you have any fitness concerns about him, you, you'd, you'd leave him in, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, that is one of the things that, like, you could also, I suppose, with it being three games in a week, depends how Sam Byron's feeling. Like, he's, he's also another one that there's always a chance. But I think he's least like it just because... Who would it be? Because uh, we get Shackleton back in one day, I think. Yeah, probably Shackleton. Like that. Um, ap- apologies if that's coming through. Uh, Ava doesn't like going to bed very much, uh, and it's time. Um, so yeah, as for Stoke, like they've lost what three of the last three of the last five in the league, but they did win at Bristol City, which I think is a pretty good result. And then they've just beat Sunderland two one. And that's a that's a good win, that beating Sunderland. Um, yeah, they look relatively consistent. Four two three one. Alex Neal's a pretty decent manager. I am. I'm honestly. I'm looking at this team for the last game. Mark Travers in goal, decent goalkeeper. But Kiana Herver, he was um, at Liverpool and then Wolves wanted the fullback. He was quite highly rated. I had him for my uh, Serta team in uh, in like La Liga. When I got there, mm. um, but then looking for the rest of it, uh, Michael Rose is a decent centre back. Uh, that's where Ender Stevens is as well, former Sheffield United left back. Ben Pearson is a walking red card in midfield. Uh, I could really see that happening. But then Vutaberger is an FM region. <laughs> that's, that's not a real name. Uh, Andre Vidigal. I'm, I'm so you, you said he's good, but I don't know. Uh, is Daniel Johnson the one that was at Preston? Yes. Uh, Medi Lewis on the right, I don't know. And I have no idea how you're supposed to pronounce Ryan May. M-M-A-double-E? That's not. He could have gone by Kabir, but no. I must admit, I don't actually like coming into these and just saying, truth is, I have no idea looking at that squad. But 
I haven't had any time to like do any research and I haven't watched a single Stoke game and I've barely even seen any highlights. Yeah, this is this is the fallout well, of being a... It's also where Lyndon Gooch is. I've always thought that he looked like a decent player. He's apparently a, a right-back now. Huh. Um, oh, he's their number two anyway. Um, is that Wesley as in Aston Villa, Wesley? Uh, I think so. He was their uh, like, record signing at one point, wasn't he? Is it that one? Um, yes. Yes, it is. So, uh, uh, I'll tell you what, he's a big, useless shithouse striker. So, he's getting Stokes' goal. He just... I'm sort of looking through their statistics for this season. Um, they, they look like they've chopped and changed the team a fair bit. There's quite a few players who've who've started five or six or seven games. There's only one or two that have started consistently uh josh lauren laurent um, um has, i would have thought but yeah loren let's go with that Pierre. um he started 11 uh daniel johnson started 10 ben pearson started nine you, you know i think i think there's a few who you could probably assume will start about ben wilmot as well with 10 um but again, there's there's none of their their strikers have, have really got me. Like Jacob Brown's played one league game and scored in it, but he's he's only played the one. Um Tyrese Campbell's not scored. Um Dwight Gale's made a See, handful Tyler of appearances. A of, was a couple of years ago, he looked like being really good, didn't he? Yeah. Um I mean he's still twenty three as well, so th- there is obviously still some time for him, but um, looking at his record, like last season was his last season, he got nine in 41. Um, which is your out and out striker isn't great. Hmm. Um, you know, so it, as, as you look through their squad, it looks like they've been sort of trying to see what sticks again. They've Players that I can't say I really know. They've got was it Said Haksabanovic. I do know him because he was he came through at West, he was at West Ham when he was young. I think he's also played for Celtic. But the reason that I remember him is because he was an FM Wonder Kid back in the day. Hmm. I don't actually know him because of real life. Yeah, I mean he's he's got a goal that my Ryan May's got one. Yes, he he used to be Swedish. Oh right. Um, he was born in Sweden, but is is now a Montenegrin international. Oh, that that might be why I knew that. Then maybe there'll have been a small story on like the BBC on a website or something that he changed. <laughs> that might be why I knew that. Yeah, um, but they're not. Uh, in in terms of goals, they're not looking great. Scored ten, conceded twenty two. Uh, oh, sorry. Hang on. I was looking at someone else there. Scored 13, conceded 18. Um, hmm. You know, it's not great. It, it does feel like looking at the numbers they're putting up at the moment, if you can be a solid defence, I think you'll probably be okay. Yeah, and I suppose we... You could probably go as far as saying that we have had that 
since the transfer window shut. I know that like in the last game we conceded a couple a couple of poor goals. But by Leeds' standards, we have been defending pretty well. Um, yeah. You said a thing earlier about how Leeds, have, the difference is we have been winning the games that we should do. And this is one when you just look at the teams on paper, it is one we should do. Um, but when you look at there's always that thing that this, it, because it's a, if it was a home game, I'd be really saying you absolutely have to win this 100%. And we should. I wouldn't be happy with a draw. But it is going to be a cold, rainy weekday night in Stoke. Yeah, I mean... And there's again, a lot to be said for that. Yeah. Well, Daniel Parker went as far as to say that he's not going to repeat the cliche. Yeah. Um, but as you as you look through their results, um, they, they again, they're a little bit all over the place. Very good result against Sunderland. than lost to Leicester before that, lost to Southampton at home um, at the start of the month. Mm. Um, lost to Hull, drew with Huddersfield. Um, so, yeah, it's not exactly, you know, they're not exactly setting the world alight. Um, the, the hope is that, like I say, I think I think you put in a solid defensive performance, and I think with with our attacking options, you, I, th- I think I feel very comfortable. Yeah. Um. So, what are you fancying for the result, PSA? Uh, I'm going to go for a two 0 win. Two 0 win. Uh, Alex has messaged me saying three 0 Um. Obviously, two 0 win. Uh, I have not yet heard back from Connie. He must still be at work. So I will give him until kickoff to sort that. But if he doesn't, I'm just going to have a look at what the shortest price Leeds win is. Yeah. That is 2-1. So provisionally, Connie has a 2-1 win. Because I know he'll pick a win, because he always picks a win. Uh, and... Um, I, I, I'm, I'd rather I'd rather risk, lose the points. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go one all draw again because it keeps it keeps working. Fair. Yeah, so I'm going to have to keep predicting draws and stuff. But like, if I that's for the actual thing, I do think we'll win this game. I'm just looking at the two teams on paper, and I just think that we will have too much for them. I, th- I, I would think Leeds and both teams to score is what I'd be going for this one. Yeah, that's, that seems like a fair bet. Um, it's one of those where I really hope Leeds get Leeds get going early on because I think if you, if you get them early, I think we could, I think we could dominate this one from start. Yeah, to finish. It, it, there'll be a lot of that this season when you're playing anyone who isn't like one of the top six. Where you just think if we can get one nil up early, then they have to come out of it, and that should leave space. And if you've got space to break and. The players are Nonto, James, Somerville, Ruta, all that space. Yeah. You, you almost can't fail to create chances in that situation. And we now have enough good players that you back us to take at least a couple of them. Yeah. yeah We're probably going to have one, one game this season where we score like six. But there'll also be three or four where we should have scored three and we'd get one or zero. 
there's there's going to be the Wigan of losing one 0 isn't there? Oh yeah, there's going to be one of those absolutely smashing chance created. Record. I'm just going to say that it's going, it's going to be on Easter Monday. Yeah, I don't know who we're playing. <laughs> the it's resurrection. Going it's going to be on Easter Monday. <laughs> so um, yeah, that will do us for episode 237 because I don't think there's all actual news wise, is there? No. No, and we will be. I mean, we'll be back. It might even be like Thursday. Yeah, we'll have to try and get one in either Thursday or Friday. Uh, oh, I'm working till 10 p.m. on Thursday, so probably Friday. A live editor's notes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my work schedule is all over the place this week. Next week's a lot easier. Still yeah. busy, but a lot easier. So, uh, yeah, that will do us for episode 237. I've been Jack's here. I'm in Casey. Have a good one. In a bit, everyone.